conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. What's up, everybody? This episode is brought to you by Atlas, and I'm so excited because Atlas is sponsoring us officially. No, no, no. Will, it's not Atlas. It's all under TravelNet. TravelNet. No, it's Track. No. no, guys. Atlas and Track are part of TravelNet Solutions. Did you guys not read the media page? Well, uh, the next ad read on the media page says resorts and lodges, so... Who? Resorts and Lodges is also part of TravelNet Solutions. They're all together. That makes so much more sense. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? And they're the ones that are now sponsoring Good Morning Hospitality. Well, welcome, TravelNet. Yes. Thank you for sponsoring us. And I promise we do have our together. Welcome to Good Morning Hospitality, your one-stop shop for the latest news, noteworthy trends, and thought-provoking discussions across the industry. From hotels and short-term rentals to all things travel and hospitality, you'll find each episode equips you with the information that you need to start your week. Join us on Good Morning Hospitality every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Man, that bleep never gets old, no matter (laughs) how many times I watch it. I just keep wanting to start the show by being like, I wasn't actually swearing. (laughs) I know. I I did you dirty on the edit when putting that bleep in. When you were <laughs> saying right. the word stuff, I wanted to make sure we had you a little what? bit of fun. It adds it, some know? comic relief. I'm happy. I'm happy to be the punchline. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, because sometimes it gets rough. <laughs> no, it was good, though. It's really good. Uh, good morning. Happy Monday. Brandy, you missed the blue shirt memo today? Yeah. I did. I did. I'm sorry. You know, I think my blue shirt is actually in the mail because I just have the black one right now. So next time we can be triplets. Yes. (laughs) It'll be here this week, I think. Both I got notification that mine shipped. But um, very exciting. How was your guys' weekend? You guys doing good? Rested? Rejuvenated? Tired? What are you? (laughs) I mean, I could always use more sleep. um, But it was a good productive weekend. We're uh, a lot of work. But, uh, you know, it was good. Yeah, something in the pipeline, Brandy. Hmm? Oh, so I was gonna say, Brandy, got something in the pipeline you're working on? Yeah, there might be something fun and exciting coming our way. So doing okay. a little weekend work for that. Okay, good to know. Noted, noted. All right. What about you, Mr. Golden? You said the wife was away. Yeah, so I had uh, had the three year old to myself this weekend, and he's he's dropped his nap. So uh, there's no rest for the weary. But we went to a Mardi Gras parade. 
in town. It's a lot of fun. Enjoy. Are it. you guys still doing the uh, Saturday donuts? Oh yeah, every Saturday. Every Saturday. Oh, I like that tradition. What kind of donuts did you get? We just go to my favorite little coffee shop, and they have donuts for him there. So That's nice. Yeah, he loves it. Give mom a break Saturday mornings, but this. Not this weekend. She was out of town. So if I sound more tired than normal. <laughs> Solo dad duty. <laughs> all you parents know. <laughs> yeah, everyone out there is like, respect. We feel it. <laughs> uh, um, that's good. So yeah, today's show, we don't have one specific topic. We've got five or six that we'll touch on. A bit of a potpourri. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Nothing major breaking news that we're going to dive into and spend a, a whole episode on. But uh, Will, do you want to get us kicked off with some of the, the funding news? For sure. And we had a, a good week last week for anyone who didn't get to watch Steve Trover uh, with better talent was on talking about layoffs and hiring and the whole thing. So if you didn't get to catch last week's episode, go check it out. It was an awesome conversation with Steve. But we are going to jump into today. So we saw some funding happen prior to last week's episode. Didn't get to announce it, obviously, because we were talking with Steve about all the layoffs and everything else. So I want to give a big shout out to our friends at Sojo for raising their Series A. Pretty impressive, uh, especially with the business. Like dynamic amenities is really interesting concept. And um, obviously Max and the team have been building this out for a little bit over a year, I think. They've been around for almost two years, I th yeah, give or take. I remember interviewing Max when I was in Mexico last year. So um, they were, yeah, they're just pumping out really good stuff. I like the business model. Um, I love the, the amenities that they're putting out. So congrats to the team there. And then we got AutoHost raising pre-seed funding. And I did text... Roy this morning to see if he had a comment for us and so he texted me a response so I'm going to read the comment here for him he said our goal is to introduce ethical guest screening to operators globally and in pursuit of that we plan to utilize the funds for expanding sales and marketing efforts as well as boosting R&D to keep up with the constantly changing landscape of fraud so that's a pretty solid mission to have and to use the funding for so congratulations to them uh awesome team awesome product i've used it on multiple projects and even in our business so really love that they're uh getting the funding that they deserve especially yeah, i'm, I'm at, happy about that too we're an auto host customer so excited to uh be their partner and you know always improving the product we love that yeah of course so yeah that's uh that's what i got for funding it's cool to see that there's funding stuff happening especially after a little bit of a lull so yeah it's pretty pretty exciting to see it happen and we got some people coming in love auto so woo, let's go <laughs> awesome well um my news is not necessarily hospitality related, but um, VIA, which is a transportation company, um, has raised $110 million, which is awesome, $3.5 billion valuation. Um, and so if you're not familiar with VIA, I mean, many years ago, I remember they were kind of like a competitor to Uber in New York City, mm -hmm. where you would have like several stops along your way going you know, around the city. But now they're, they have this really interesting focus on the connectability and kind of a last mile connections in 
cities where it's difficult to um, kind of have that kind of infrastructure. And it's just, I think that this is, they're a great creative solution because if you're in any sort of metropolitan area that doesn't have fantastic public transportation, <laughs> Miami, um, the, <laughs> it's um, really great to see there's these um, creative solutions because big infrastructure projects take billions of dollars, take you know a decade to implement and often aren't done in time. So I think that there are this great option to how do we creatively, you know, take the you know, tools that we have, whether it's like bus lanes or city bikes or, you know, transit vans, and how do we incorporate that into the transportation system that already exists? And I think uh, another, like my personal interaction with them, the Brightline train in South Florida. Mm -hmm. So obviously that, you know, it takes you kind of like up and down the coast and it'll take you up to Orlando pretty soon, but you have to get to the station and there might be you know, some like the Metro mover Metro rail in Miami takes you there. But if you're not on one of those stops, you still have to drive and park, but they mm -hmm. have, you can book ahead of time, a car to pick you up. It's of course a Tesla. Um, or I think they have like the minivans, um, but that's all done through via. So it's a great way to kind of get that last mile connection, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, that's really cool. I was going to ask you about that. The train that goes up and down the coast. Have you used via? for any travel throughout Florida or? Yeah, so I've used the Brightline one a couple of times. I have, uh, one of my best friends lives in Palm Beach, so I'll take the train up. And mm. um, I've done, if you book a first class ticket, which is not that expensive and you get free alcohol and food, um, <laughs> you get, you can book the car for free. And then, oh, that's if awesome. you, but if you book like the regular um, ticket, you can still book one of their transportation options. And if you live close enough to the station, you know, there's kind of like, I guess like maxed out golf carts that have the doors. They might have like several rows. They have some of those yeah. too that'll pick you up if you live within a certain circumference. And so all of that is operated by Via. And so um, that I just, that's really cool because I mean, Miami is a great example of the infrastructure, not nearly close enough to what the population needs. And this is a way yeah. where you don't have to rely on that kind of like massive funding and projects to get what you need done. I love that. I think we need that in Denver. We're struggling pretty bad with the public transportation, especially the RTD, like mm -hmm. line rail for anything involving the train is, is pretty rough. And so uh, as a person, who uses one or two cities in America that it's decent. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And one's probably New York where it's probably. Yeah. Really I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, I, I like that. Europe does a great job at it, obviously. Um, and when traveling, you know, a lot of times, especially overseas where you might be a little less comfortable, you arrive and then it's like, all right, now what? I need to get to this small village and I don't know the best way to get there. I guess I'll rent a car, but I don't really want to rent a car because it's in England and I don't want to drive on the wrong side of the road. Uh, so, it, yeah, I think these types of solutions are great. The more mainstream I've never used it, but the more mainstream they get the, the better uh, travel experiences altogether. Yeah. And they were talking about how, you know, in the beginning there was some resistance from local municipalities, shocking government isn't super adaptable, uh, but yeah. they're actually getting buy-in now because they can use all of the transportation data that these municipalities have. That's how you can better, you can make better routes for things. And one of the examples uh, the TechCrunch article was talking about was like, if you have 
the data on like, there's, you know, a bus that has 50 or 60 people on it at a light. And there's just one car at the other light using that data. You can make sure that the bus goes for like has the right of way first, because that's allowing more people to travel. So I think that that's just a really great use of, you know, automation technology, aggregating all this data. And, you know, obviously there's a financial you know, component to this on via side for developing this technology, but that's nowhere yeah. near what, you know, building a new light rail system would cost, for example. For sure. Well, I like it because it goes into my prediction of mobility hospitality. So, you know, not mm -hmm. to say that it's coming true early, but you know, we could, we could just say. Yeah, yeah you are totally right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got a new little segment air dna's stat of the week so they each week they are going to share with us uh one of their most interesting stats um what is so it called again michael what is it called air dna fact of the week no are you reading the are you reading the media sheet yeah <laughs> i am I'm, I'm literally in it right now air dna is not a bust fact of the week guys catch the hashtag get the hashtag i just wanted to hear michael say hashtag not a bust pound <laughs> symbol um <laughs> so how did the super bowl impact bookings in phoenix 48 percent more nights were booked on this weekend than they were the same weekend the previous year makes sense you'd almost think a little bit more to be honest um all the demand that pushed the ADR up to about $747, which was 45% higher than the same weekend last year. So all in all, obvious to show, as we would all expect, the Super Bowl uh, effect on owners in Phoenix garnered a hefty premium and occupancy was very strong. So uh, you, you typically see a lot of supply dump on for a weekend and then dump off hashtag not a bust um everybody there's plenty of money going around last weekend and hopefully all of our friends out in phoenix scottsdale were there to to clean it up which i think they were i think they were and i think Just they had the golf tournament this weekend which is the waste management tournament it might have been yeah. last weekend but it's a huge event yeah, they were saying that something like the I didn't realize that, but it gets more visitors or viewers than like any other sporting event, which I thought was a wild statistic. I read that on ESPN. I don't know if that was accurate. Probably in person. Yeah, it's, in person. It's yeah. Wild. I mean, you see videos of just, beer cans flying. <laughs> just to watch people golf. I just I don't understand. But you know what? <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> so it Continuing on the data piece, SiteMinder put out some data this week uh, on the hotel side that, that was pretty interesting. We'll touch on it. Um, we saw a lot of lead time compression for bookings in 2021. Makes sense. All the COVID rules were changing. You never knew if you were going to get it and had to, to, to miss your flight or your trip. But lead times have lengthened by 38% uh, in 2022 versus 2021. So that's good. Um, cancellations have decreased by 17%. That was another thing that was pretty common. People booking two different places, uh, two different trips, two different countries, depending on where was open and where wasn't. And then the highlight stat is that reservations have 
exceeded 2019 levels. Uh, they hit 104% of the reservation data from 2019. And, uh, and that's all despite a 24% increase in ADR. So rates are up, volumes of, of travel reservations are up from 2019. That's crazy because a lot of uh, business travel isn't fully recovered yet. So this leisure travel, longer stays, higher ADRs, um, it, it proofs in the pudding. Yeah, I think it's that I keep hearing, um, you know, in various news shows that they, you know, there's all this doom and gloom about the, you know, impending recession or you know, global economic fears, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this perplexed, everyone's perplexed because like, people are still going out to dinner. People are booking all these trips. Travel demand is really high. And so I think you have like economists who are just like not understanding consumer behavior at all. Um, and I mean, I'm thrilled. Keep, keep booking those vacations. <laughs> <Not> Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My South Florida and New Orleans are great locations, you know, <laughs> but that's Shameless great. Plug. Yeah. Shameless yeah, I, plug. Think, I think travel during COVID people realized that it's one of those human nature things like people have to travel it keeps you sane so dipping into the savings a little bit extra or you know cutting other things out um you know the, the leisure travel certainly up and people people don't want that taken away again <laughs> still yeah. making up for lost time yeah i'm curious think... on oh go ahead brandy oh no i just think that the lead time is interesting because the I feel like the booking window compressed so much that I don't, I'm curious what the actual number of weeks or days is because we still see like a, the, we have a little bit more of a lengthening there, but certainly it's still a very short booking window compared to pre COVID. Yeah. I was say the same thing. Yeah. Go ahead, Michael. We got to no, come up with like a, like a sign, like that we're all about to, we're about to like talk or do something, <laughs> but like, Hey, I'm next. Um, but, uh, I was going to say, like, do you guys think a lot of this goes into like the, the blended travel? Like are people travel? Is it just leisure or is a little bit of business? Like people are just doing longer trips or adding a couple of days here, a couple of days early, a couple of days late. Do you think that's it? Or is it just consumers are just, they don't care and they just want to spend the money. They want to do their trips. They want to go out. They want the experience. They want to be with friends, family, all the above. Yeah, I think that it's actually probably a little bit of both, but I do think that the um, the hybrid nature of work definitely plays into this because you can have, you know, you can maybe leave for your trip on Wednesday and work remotely from wherever you're going on Thursday, take Friday off. Like you have more flexibility with how you can work. So you might get to go to your destination for a little bit longer and enjoy it, you know? So I definitely mm -hmm. think... I mean, and also like anecdotally, that's kind of what I see in a lot of my friends and family and what I do personally. Yeah. AKA Spain, where we're going to be there for a week, but technically working for two days. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Did I, did I say that out loud? Andrea, don't watch this episode. If you're watching, turn it off. <laughs> work trips. Yeah, work trip. work trips. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, very interesting. Um, what else do we have on the sheet? I know yeah, we got more speaking cover, but... of Europe, um, <laughs> so there is an interesting article uh, about Portugal revoking their golden visas. And mm -hmm. this is such an about face from just last year and kind of through, you know, the pandemic, height of the pandemic, where you saw 
um, countries like Portugal. I know Spain had some sort of visa program. And I think Italy where they're like, oh my, there's all these people that want to travel or like live this, you know, live somewhere else because they can work remotely. They're offering all these visa programs for people to move to the country. I mean, and the golden visa has existed for a while where you can buy real estate at a certain volume and get a passport. And it was kind of seen as like a cheat way to get an EU passport. But they saw such an uptick in the last couple of years that it created kind of like an unprecedented housing crisis, which we've seen. But Portugal, you know, is one of the poor Europe, Western European countries. And so I think that it was felt more acutely. And it's interesting seeing a country kind of see an opportunity, which is get all, you know, these people to come live and invest in our country and, you know, spend money in our local economy. But then there was the dark side of that coin, which is, you know, now all these real estate prices are getting crazy. And, you know, we haven't really solved our pre-existing housing problems. Um, so I'm curious to see if we're going to see like the other countries that had these special kind of digital nomad visas revoke them. Um, I have hope not. I like that that is, you know, a way to stimulate, you know, growth and maybe a sluggish economy, but I wouldn't be surprised. It just, the kind of speed at which they reverse course is kind of surprising that they were just like, ah, nope, cut it. And this has all happened in the span of, you know, two years. Yeah. I, I love the golden visa piece. I think the digital nomad visa is a, a different mm -hmm. beast, but if you want to, uh, if your economy is drying up or you need a resuscitation of housing, look no further than Malta and Portugal. Like you can buy your way into a, a European passport and own some real estate. Probably a lot of those end up on short-term rental platforms or in the hands of short-term rental managers. Um, I, I think there's probably a lot of places across Europe that can do that and it'll be attractive. I mean, namely, first one off the top of my head is the buy a house in a dying Italian village for a euro. Right? I know. You could buy a whole, all this. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I was like, that's a, but you, a lot of places, weren't you saying, Michael, that in the UK, there's some um, provision that you can get, you know, buy an old estate as long as you promise to invest like X amount of pounds into renovating it? Is there... uh, there's programs. It's not open to anybody. You have to apply for it. Sure. Um, okay. There's there's tax benefits that you don't pay property tax or, or income tax on the real estate if it's open to the public for 28 days a year. So there there's a lot of different ways you can attract the right activities. I mean, Italy should consider this golden visa, buy a house in one of these villages mm -hmm. and revive it like people are happy to live in smaller towns now but yeah. you don't want to be the only person living in the small town you need <laughs> yeah. you need other people there yeah you can just create these wonderful expat communities um and and then hopefully lure back the the people that left their small town for better opportunities in bigger cities uh, I, I do i am bullish on smaller towns are going to be more popular in the future um, as via gets easier and easier to travel, yeah. 
place, tie it all in, right? Exactly. I was going to say, as long as the the mobility portion is improving. um, One thing I did think about that was interesting as part of this ban on the golden visa. And you're right, there is two separate, there's like the digital nomad component and the uh, golden Mm -hmm. visa. But one of the things that's tied in with the ending of the golden visa program is a ban on new licenses for short-term rentals. And I think that that is another... I, again, understand why it's there's such a knee-jerk reaction, but that seems very, like, just a blanket ban. And the article doesn't really go into, like, all the details of what that actually consists of. It just says, you know, a ban on new licenses. But, I mean, that must be – I'd be curious if any of our listeners who are in Portugal or in Europe and have a more insight on this, but that seems pretty dramatic for, like, an entire country to just be like, no more licenses. So is it like that's where I question like was the word ban intentionally used or did they mean pause because there's like a difference between banning and like taking a little bit of a break to let things catch up or whatever it might be but sometimes I think a lot of these articles use the word ban very quickly versus like actually maybe even getting information if it's a pause or yeah, but it could be it could be a ban. It could be I don't know, but it just seems like everyone uses that word. That's a, a quick way to get real estate prices back to pre golden visa times in Portugal is ban investment properties, and then everyone fire sells at a massive discount. in In San Diego, when they banned short term rentals for like sixty days before the ban got revoked, the the housing prices went down like. 30 or 40% citywide mm. because everyone was now trying to sell their property and then they realized, well, that's not a good idea. So yeah, I think uh, maybe governments don't pay too much attention to other locations. They try to, but yeah, well, I think that thing. there's the politics of all of this. You have such pressure from people that are really suffering in a country that was already struggling. And so I think that a lot of these things become much more about like the optics and the political nature and appeasing the the sentiment and emotions that people have rather than, okay, how, like, how can we structure this to be economically beneficial for everyone? Cause that Mm -hmm. takes more time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it's not an instant, like you said, knee-jerk reaction where they could just implement and start doing it. It has to take time and communication and all the stuff that they probably don't want to do. So one more quick discussion. I don't think this is going to be a shock to anybody, um, but Airbnb is, is focusing on building their brand, not competing on a uh, marketing spends like a pay-per-click that Booking does or Expedia does. Uh, Chesky wants to, to work on building education instead of buying customers is, is his quote. But the not shocking point of the week coming out of Airbnb is that Airbnb's most important channel is PR. Um, what? Yeah, what? real big shocker. Everything <laughs> they do is for a PR lens. Um, but it works. They had 600,000 articles written about them in 2022 alone. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. 000. And I mean, now they're just like, everybody just uses the term Airbnb to yep. refer to short-term rentals. I mean, that's just, I think that I know that there's this big movement within our industry to, you know, kind of rectify that. I think that personally, I think that that 
you know, ship has sailed. Um, it's just like Googling something or getting a Kleenex. Like it's just, it has already happened. It's ubiquitous. And, you know, and I even hear like people in our industry called their own business that. And so it's just, yeah, they've succeeded. I mean, and I think that regardless of your people, you know, in our industry have very strong feelings about Airbnb uh, one way or the other, but I mean, they've done a phenomenal job. 600,000 articles is an astounding amount. Yeah. So if their number one channel is PR, when are they sponsoring the show? Are they going to start mm. dropping some, some podcasts? That would be spin. <laughs> they don't do that. Uh, okay. They don't do Fine. marketing spin, remember? Fine. Then we're never, we're never talking about them on 90, the show again. <laughs> yeah. 90% of their traffic last year was direct. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have the, yeah. the stats for what bookings were, but I would guess maybe 50, Jamie Lane, 50%. if you're watching, we would love the data. Air <laughs> DNA stat of the week next week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, no surprise that they're all about PR. Uh, yeah. We all 100%. know that there's so much fluff. I doubt Brian Chesky ever even put his house on Airbnb. Let's be honest. I or it was on there, but the dates are booked in perpetuity. Yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he, he, they let one friend stay over, and they took a picture yeah. of him petting his dog. It's like, okay, yeah. that's, he's probably your next door neighbor. Uh, you're not fooling anybody, Chesky. You know, what? Yeah. I would say that he did the work by having the air mattress in the first place. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting back to the roots, though, you know. Yeah. It. Uh, I. I hope he did. I wish it was true. I have trouble believing that it was, but if it's true, fantastic. Like that's that's the ki- the type of founder and leadership that you want is someone who's wants to get in, use the product, experience it. Um call me skeptical i just have my doubts yeah yeah well he did go through and stay at a different airbnbs like around the country yeah. which i thought was pretty cool um we were trying to get him uh we wanted to sw- swoop in when he, before he made his miami plans um but we were we were too late sadly <sighs> next time <laughs> next, next time. time there's a, a pandemic where we can only stay in short-term rentals or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brian if you're listening um the house is available for you <laughs> Correct. Book direct. <laughs> Don't use Airbnb. Don't use Airbnb. Fifteen percent. Exactly. <laughs> I would die. I would die if he did. Oh my gosh, that's too good. Um, well, this has been awesome. Great chat. Anything you guys are excited for in the weeks ahead? Anything? Just uh, maybe I'll give a little telescope into the lives of Michael and Brandy. Well, um, as we have alluded to, there is, there's some big projects that I'm working on. So I will be able to share more on that uh, coming up. But I can say that for the next two weeks, I have uh, my work cut out for me. <laughs> Love it. Well, good luck with all of that, Brandy. Yeah, lots Seriously. of coffee. <laughs> Seriously. How about you, Michael? Anything exciting you're pumped about? It could be anything. Anything in the world. Could be anything in the world anything i mean we booked our trip to spain last week that's pretty exciting oh my god i know there we go we did it we finally pulled the trigger so damien sheridan the whole scales rental team we'll see you guys there we're coming for you yeah am am i gonna have to do interviews in spanish Ooh, (laughs) you could i could you could you'll be the only one i'd be like hola me amo will (laughs) 
<laughs> that's it. That's all I got. One month in Mexico, and that's all I could learn. So beautiful. Uh, all right. Well, good episode. Everyone who's watching on the live and either listening to the replay, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. If you want to get these awesome shirts, they're in the show notes. We have a discount code for you. No big deal. There's also going to be show notes for our sponsors like TravelNet and AirDNA. So if you want to get any awesome offers that they have for any of our listeners and viewers, you can grab it. They're all in the show notes below. And we'll see you all again next week.